you you need to have a process for the business. If I made it really simple for you, half of it is good content and good delivery, and the other half is marketing. Welcome to the Journey to Paid Speaking Gigs podcast, where we focus on how to find your voice, develop your message, so that you can get consistently paid speaking gigs that generate income. Not only are you going to learn how to find your voice, but you're going to hear from professionals in the industry who are making a powerful impact, sharing their story and transforming lives. My name is Charles Clark. I'm an international speaker and ex-professional athlete, and I believe that everyone has a story to tell, but not too many people are telling it. And that's why I created this podcast, because I'm passionate about helping people break the silence, even if their voice shakes. And today's guest is going to give you the insight on how you can do just that. Dr. Kevin Freinberg is a short list of global thought leaders that Fortune 1000 CEOs turn to for the kind of disruptive thinking that drives growth and get people excited about the future. He's an international best-selling author and has worked with over 2,000 companies in 60 industries across the globe. His insight has helped ambitious leaders accelerate innovation and stand out in a sea of sameness by building companies that are hungry for change. All right, Dr. Freinberg, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. So, you know, before we get this party started, let the Thrive Tribe know who is Dr. Freinberg and how did he find himself sharing his story and transforming lives? You know, uh, the short end of that story is I got uh, a passion for speaking when I was in college. Uh, I had a number of opportunities through uh, a Christian organization that I headed up to do fundraising. That got me out speaking, talking to the community about, uh, in this case, Christian athletes and why uh, that whole movement was important. But you know, you got to tell moving stories to get people to open up their wallets and yeah. And, uh, so that's really where I got where I got started. But uh, I really wanted to be a business guy, and I really wanted to um, do a couple of things show people that it is possible to love employees, to have a lot of fun at work, and to still be rigorous, accountable, and disciplined to build a really great business. And so uh, we went after companies um, to tell their stories that fit that mold. Companies that, uh, we started with Southwest Airlines, they're a company that's not afraid to talk about loving their people and caring about people. And uh, they have a lot of fun. And yet they're probably, uh, you can't run an on-time airline and even succeed in the airline business if you're not disciplined and rigorous and accountable and willing to pay the price and sacrifice in ways that others aren't, right? So people think those things are mutually exclusive. You know, you can have fun mm-hmm. or you can be disciplined. You know, you can love, talk yeah. about love or you can be accountable. And uh, our 30-year journey has been highlighting companies that are doing all of those things uh, really, really well. Mm. How did you find yourself working for the, these top brands? Uh, you grow a pair and you call them up and you ask. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, and you got to be tenacious. Uh, we wrote a couple of doctoral dissertations on Southwest and then proposed a book. And their first answer was no. Not because they didn't believe in us and not because they didn't want to write a book, but because they were so busy uh, combating 
some fierce adversaries in the marketplace that they said, we just don't have time to do this right. And if we want to do it, we want to do it right. So we got the nicest Dear John letter uh, mm. from them in the world, you know. And uh, But we kept we kept in touch. We kept coming at them, and they finally said yes. And that book uh, really was the, the springboard, if you will, that launched our speaking career. Yeah, isn't it amazing how persistence is the key for a lot of great stories and great it, movies. It is. And it's, a, it's the same thing for speaking. Yeah. Tell me about that moment, you, that, that moment on the stage that you knew, hey, I, I know I'm called to speak. You know, I, I think it's, it's that, well, first of all, I want to tell you that uh, it, it, for, I don't know how to say this. I, I went through a couple roller coaster rides in the speaking business, uh, okay. emotionally, spiritually, psychologically. When we started with uh, the Nuts book, which is about Southwest, we were on a mission. We were very purpose driven. We were cause oriented. And that is, how can we help people uh, discover that you can have fun, you can talk about love, and you can be disciplined, be successful? Okay, that was the mission, right? That book went <clears> boom. <throat> Good for us, right? God yeah. blessed that. That was cool. The problem is, is that after you write a bestseller, then you start thinking from a marketing point of view and you go, okay, well, what are we going to do for Toy Story 2? How yeah. are we going to make the sequel better than the, the original? Yeah. So for us, and I'm just being candid with you, we got a little less purpose-driven and a little more market-driven. It was more about getting the next book out in the market rather than serving the community with something that was purpose-driven. Mm. And over a 30-year period, I can't quite tell you when it happened, probably 15 years ago, uh, I just had this strong epiphany. And the epiphany was, it's not about you. It's not about how yeah. good a speaker you are. It's not about you being big man on stage or Jackie being a big woman. It's about looking into the eyes of that audience and saying, what are you doing to serve them today? What are you doing to enrich their lives? What are you doing to help them believe they can crank it up a notch? Yeah. And so it's, it's about the audience. And I can't tell you an exact time, but I know there was a point in the career where I said, uh, and so that, it's about them, not, not me. Yeah. And, and what that does is that takes you out of the mode of getting all worried about feedback. And, yeah. oh, you know, I, the speaker before me had a line of 30 people come up and want to talk to her, but I only mm. had two people. What's wrong with me? Or, you know, the feedback forum said, you know, some of them really loved you and some of them didn't. You know, at this point, um, I just show up and say, man, uh, God, you're, you're in this organization. You are moving and you are doing things. I would just like yeah. to participate with whatever you're doing. Wow. And that's taken a whole the pressure weight off. off my shoulders in terms of it being about me. Yeah. I, I think so many new speakers, they don't show up because they think they have to be perfect. But if we just show up how we are, then it's a moment to change other people's lives. You know, and it, it just brings me back to the moment of you just saying, being of purpose. When I first started speaking, I wasn't great at it. I didn't even have a speech prepared, but I was just speaking from the heart. And I realized I needed to take it much more seriously. That moment that teenage girl came up to me and she said, thank you for sharing that story because I felt like killing myself today. 
but you make me want to live my dream. Yeah. And it, it was in that moment where, you, where I said, it's bigger than me. Yeah. And when we, when we have more speakers who can put that first, it's bigger than me. I'm willing to be second in this race yes. so that other people can win. Then that's when the growth happens. That's when the impact happens. And the thing that I've been learning over these past couple of years is that just because we put impact first, it doesn't necessarily mean the income won't come. Impact is tied to income. So when we put ourselves second, what we're doing, we're impacting and the income comes with it. Yeah. And I think a simple way to say that, and I think you're right on, is that, that income follows impact. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and so I think for, for people that are getting started in this business, uh, my strong, strong piece of advice would be you better have a cause behind what you're doing. You know, you can call it a purpose. You can call it the ultimate why. We call it a heroic, noble cause. But you better have um, that cause because any business is tough, right? There's anybody yeah. who tells you you can – Put your name on a business card, become a speaker, or, you know, do a demo video and become a speaker and boom, everything goes. I'm just telling you, they're not telling you the truth. Every business is hard. You go through cycles, you go through ups and downs, you go through, man, I crushed it. This was fun. I enjoyed that audience. And then you don't get a yeah. call for a month or two and you're going, <laughs> I can't pay the bills. I'm struggling to do this. I need a new demo, yeah. but I can't afford that demo video. And, you know, mm -hmm. so what causes you to slug through that messiness? Yeah. It's a cause worth fighting for. It's because you're, you're on stage for a purpose, not for a paycheck. How has the pandemic impacted your business? How has that impacted you mentally? And what did you do to pivot? Yeah, great question. Well, I would tell you that in a matter of about uh, four weeks, it the floor just fell out of our onstage business, yeah. right? Because and it did for most everybody that I, that I know. Uh, we saw the writing on the wall and said, okay, you know, you can cry about it. You can whine about it. Um, you can have a pity party over it or you can pivot. And uh, so we said, you know, uh, online is where it's going to be. So online uh, virtual, online, on demand. And so Jackie and I started to put a course together around some of our content um, and said, let's, let's launch an online course. We'd never done a course before, I want to tell you. Yeah. It's a beast. You know, you, you, this is an eight-module course that's, uh, you know, I don't know, probably eight hours of video of some kind, you know. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you got to edit the video, you got to go through that, you got to build the workbook, you got to get it online. We'd never done any of that before, you know, uh, yeah. but that's what we did. And now we are starting to uh, talk to our speakers bureaus about um, virtual on demand as well. Mm. And what speakers bureaus are you tied to? Well, uh, I tell you, we, we are listed with about 40 of them, and uh, we do business on a regular basis with probably 20 of those 40. So Kepler, Washington Speakers Bureau, Big Speak um, are just a few of the, the ones that we deal with. So tell me about the structure of your business. You know, I, I know a lot of speakers believe I'm just going to speak, and that's going to be the main source of my income. And, you know, as we know, 
with the pandemic happened, what do you, what do you do when that big piece of pie is no longer there? So tell me about the structure that you have within your business. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll tell you about the structure and then I'll tell you what I wish the structure would have been from the, from the beginning. Um, we do three things now uh, that we're trying to do really well. We do keynotes. Uh, we do uh, long-term consulting engagements that usually spin out of our keynotes or our books. So somebody hears us speak about innovation and change and leadership. And so they would like to come in and have us work with their culture in changing something about their culture that would become more Southwest-like or like one of the other companies that we've written about. Uh, so keynoting, long-term consulting, and executive coaching. Those would be the three buckets that, and well, and now an, an online course um, yeah. that will add to that mix. Okay. But I'll tell you what I wished I would have done. I wished... When our first book went, I just wanted to be a keynote. I just love being on stage and talking to people, right? And yeah. fortunately, we had a lot of volume, you know, um, a lot of engagements in the course. Of, uh, so we didn't have to do anything else. But if I if I would if I had the wisdom that I have now back then. I would have built a training company around some of that content. And then each book that followed, I would have built some training programs around the content so that there wasn't just a keynote, there was training to marry it, if that makes sense. How would that have impacted your business? Well, I think one of the things that would have done is it would have, it would have spread the risk out right? Because if if you're not getting called for a keynote, you may have, you're sustained by the training activities, right? In our case, we're Mm -hmm. sustained by the coaching and the long-term consulting engagements, but we'd had one more bucket out there, if you will, to spread the, to spread the risk out. Yeah. Um, I think the other way it impacts is it adds to your impact. If you're, if you're keynoting, you're not interacting a whole lot. You may do a Q&A, but you're not interacting a whole lot. If you're doing consulting or uh, coaching or training, you're in it more. You're in the trench more with the client. And so the client is giving you feedback and you're testing whether your material is worth a shit or not. You're, you're, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to be crass, but I mean, you're, you're testing the relevance of what is it you're bringing to the marketplace and what's resonating. You know, you you got four stories and three of them are really working, but one of them is, yeah, it's just kind of so-so. Okay. Well, great. Mm-hmm. Delete that one and put another one in there and figure that out, you know, but that yeah. comes from pressing the flesh. Mm. Yeah. What would you say is the number one thing that every speaker should have a process for? I think that every speaker should realize that, The speaking business is a business first. It's a business that ought to be driven by a cause. We've already talked about that, but you run it like a business, which means, you know, if you need to go get a, 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 you know, one of these two week MBAs and learn how to read a spreadsheet and learn how to uh, project and learn how cash flow works uh, and learn about marketing. You, you need to have a process for the business. And this business is, if I made it really simple for you, Charles, I would say half of it is good content and good delivery, and the other half 
is marketing. Mm. And a lot of speakers, uh, trust me, I've, I've witnessed this over a 30-year period. A lot of speakers want to create content, mm-hmm. get up and deliver content. But when it comes to marketing, it's like, you know, oh, man, that does, that that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, you got to get as good at marketing who you are, the value you bring, the ROI that you deliver. And when people walk away from a keynote, what do they walk away with? What do they get? Do I feel good? Okay, well, that's cool. But, you know, where can you demonstrate measurable kinds of changes that you've affected in people's lives? If you can do that well, you're going to do that. If you can do that well, you will be ahead of 90% of the people that call themselves professional speakers. Because most people mm-hmm. don't do that very well. Yeah, a speaker by name, but not doing it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think you got to have a business process, and that business process better be fifty percent marketing expertise. Whether you do it or you hire it, you know. And yeah. look, let's be honest. If if you if a lot of the people listening to this podcast are beginners, you're everything. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I mean, the website, the photographer, <laughs> took your own photos. Yeah, <laughs> but, but the beauty of that is that if you figure that out on your own, then when you get to a place where the revenue is such that you go, okay, I want to spend my time generating content, writing books that fuel future speeches. I want to have somebody else help yeah. me with the marketing. At yeah. least you've been there and you know what works for you. And that allows you to hire somebody, whether it's contract or employee, to help you market your business because you've been in the trenches doing that. Yeah, yeah, I I, be- I believe in do it, do it first, build it, so that you have the exact idea of what it, what it is that you want for yourself, and 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 don't have other people make the decisions for you. When I first started my business, hey, I was just speaking at middle schools and high schools. Right. I was figuring that out on my own. I had to learn some things by myself before I could bring on more people yeah. before it was even attractive for other people to work with me. Yeah. So I think it's so important for us to, to be okay with starting with ourselves and growing from there. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing, I totally agree with you. And the other thing I would say about that is uh, stop getting ready. Stop. Mm. At some point you just got to jump in and try stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, you want to be thoughtful about it because you don't want to waste money and time and energy. But you know, yeah. a lot of this, there are no perfect formulas for it. So you jump in and you try. You try social media uh, activities and see what kind of following that generates for you. You you try certain things with a speech and see what it does. But stop getting ready. Move. Yeah. Do it. Go. Oh. The gun went off. Yeah. 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 So tell me, tell me the secret behind. What do you believe is the secret behind your success as a keynote speaker? Uh, Good storytelling. I love to tell stories. People learn from stories. That's only been around for two millennia. The greatest (laughs) storytellers that ever walked the face of the earth really changed the world by telling stories. Mm -hmm. So I think you got to be a good storyteller. Um, And then I think you have to have a really deep compassion and concern for the audience. You know, when you look into the faces of that audience, this isn't about you doing a performance. 
This is about you enriching lives, whatever you're doing. I don't care if you're talking about accounting or you're talking about, hey, I was headed for a gold medal and an injury disrupted, imploded my whole world. And how the heck did I deal with that? I, or yeah. anything in between. Um, I think people need to know that you are there genuinely and sincerely to enrich their lives. Otherwise, you're wasting their time. Right. People want to know you care before you can even instill anything else inside of them. I think right? That's true. Yeah. I think that's absolutely mm. true. So I think you got to be, you know, you got to be a good storyteller on stage. And then I, I think you also, you know, you have to be, I think you have to be well organized. It's, it's uh, okay. In a 60 minute keynote or a 45 minute keynote, uh, I can't give them everything I know. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are the, what, what are the, Three things, or maybe at the most, the five things that I five five things that I want them talking about three weeks from now. <laughs> what are the what are the five things that I want them to take action on tomorrow? Yeah. And can I make that clear to them in a sixty minute conversation? Mm. Yeah. Nice. My last question for today is what advice would you give to someone who's new at speaking and trying to find their voice? Well, I think we've already talked about it, but let me reiterate it. I, I, I think you better, you better decide what cause is that voice serving. And I'm so big on that because uh, look, I've been through hard times in this, but we've had incredible success. And the trajectory over 30 years has been fortunately more like this, you know, but it's, it's been like this, right? It, yeah. It's up and down on an upward trajectory. What gets you through those difficult times? When mm -hmm. the financial crisis of 08 and 09 caused businesses to implode, guess what? The meeting business went in the tank. Well, if the meeting business goes in the tank, guess what happens to the speaking business? And it weeded out a lot of speakers in 08 and 09 that just, you know. So what causes you to slug through that? It's the belief that you have something of value yeah. that will serve a cause that's noble and heroic that will enrich lives. If you don't have that, I want to tell you, um, when the going gets tough, if it's all about the paycheck, um, it's easy to check out. It's easy to yeah. give up and give in. Finding that deep why, the thing that drives you. Yes. Before we go, Kev, how can the tribe keep in touch with you on your journey to doing things epically? Well, I'm happy to entertain questions. I'm, I'm always happy to, to um, new tribe members that are trying to get started. You know, I've, we've all been there and we know the dream and the passion but we also know the difficulty so i'm, I'm happy to help they can uh, check in on us at freibergs f-r-e-i-b-e-r-g-s dot com and i'm happy to talk to anybody thanks for being on the show hey thanks for having me hey if you enjoyed today's episode why don't you do us a favor and leave a review hit the subscribe button we definitely want to keep these episodes coming and we want to help more people who are ready to break the silence, even if their voice shakes. So join the party. Head to journeytopaidspeakinggigs.com forward slash training to get a free training on how you 
can find your voice, develop your message, and get consistently paid speaking gigs. Peace.